One of the most fun parts about doing our geography-specific coverage pieces at Tech Emergence is that we're able to interview so many people within a given country or a given city. Recently, we did a huge piece on artificial intelligence in India. In fact, if you Google AI in India, you're extremely likely to see it at number one. The piece became extremely popular, and I think for that week, we might have had more visitors from India than the United States, which probably would have been the first time ever. And we got to interview folks from the government and folks from the bigger existing businesses, as well as a whole heaping handful of AI executives at the unicorn companies in Bangalore. So there's a handful of companies that are worth a billion or more that are based in India, many of which are in the big tech center of Bangalore, where we actually have staff as well. One of those companies is called Fractal Analytics. Fractal Analytics works in a number of spaces. One of them, namely consumer packaged goods, or CPG, is an area that we actually haven't done that much coverage on. Many of our listeners are in the retail and in different B2C sectors, but CPG specifically has some pretty curious AI use cases. We interview this week with Prashant Joshi, who is the head of artificial intelligence and machine learning at Fractal Analytics. He's also a PhD in machine learning from the University of Graz. And we speak to him about the different applications of machine learning in the CPG sector. So we talk about doing chemical tests with machine learning and sort of predicting the results of chemical tests, how long certain packaging will last under the sunlight, for example or finding new buyer segments within existing groups of consumers to determine who's buying from us versus who's buying from our competitors and how can we do more effective marketing to win market share. There's a lot of very curious CPG use cases for the most part actually haven't gotten that much coverage but that we get to get into some detail here with Prashant. So hopefully for all of you who are in retail or who are in kind of B2C domains, this will not only show some of the interesting use cases in the CPG world, but also provide some ideas for marketing and winning market share from what some of the bigger CPG firms are doing with Fractal Analytics. Again, Fractal being one of the exciting unicorns here in Bangalore. We are glad to have them as part of our AI and industry research. Make sure to check out that full piece. Again, probably Googling AI in India is going to get the job done for you. You can see our other pieces on AI in Montreal, AI in Boston, AI in Austin. We've done a number of cool geo-specific ones, but this was one of our more fun pieces from our AI in India research, and I certainly hope it's useful for you folks. So without further ado, this is Prashant Joshi with Fractal Analytics. I'm Daniel Fagella, and you're listening to AI in Industry. So Prashant, I know that Fractal works in a number of major verticals. One of those is CPG. I can tell you from my experience covering AI and industry, CPG is very much you know not on the kind of list of hot and cutting edge sectors where people hear about AI, but you guys are doing a lot of work there. Where is AI making a difference in consumer packaged goods? And that's a good question. So I think in the CPG, there are a bunch of factors that makes you know it very interesting as an industry per se for AI and ML to make inroads into. One thing is, I think, the maturity of CPG industry in terms of, you know, being tech savvy and being ready to, you know, adopt AI is not yet there. So there are a lot of low-hanging fruits that can be, you know, worked on using AI or machine learning to deliver transformation. From the CPG world perspective, right, I mean, the possibility of growth, the incremental growth is, like, phenomenal. I'm using AI or machine learning. I think some of the key areas where we are seeing a lot of traction 
of you know using advanced ai machine learning in cpg is for example something called a shelf share analytics right i mean so there i think the idea is to figure out what percentage of a retail store shelf is occupied by a cpg majors product i mean so there are certain compliances that a cpg major agrees with the retailer and the idea is to figure out if those compliances are being met or not and i mean to do that the old fashioned way was you know like somebody goes to the store takes a photo comes back and measures it using a ruler like the old fashioned way but now using advanced algorithms of deep learning and you know image analytics we have been able to develop a skew that allows you to not only figure out what percentage of shelf is being occupied by a cpg majors product but also whether the shelf principles are being followed and whether everything is in compliance or not so that's one area where, where i think ai and machine learning is making a huge inroad the other interesting thing that comes to my mind was a recent work that we did for another cpg major and there the idea was you know when people suffer from dental sensitivity research tells that only 3 out of 5 people reach out to a dentist for some kind of a medical intervention huh. then what happens is usually when you go for a medical intervention you are suggested a certain brand of toothpaste which was owned by the competitor of our client right ah what, okay okay interesting go ahead so what we figured out is so our client's competitor has a complete market share of people who are going to go to dentists for intervention how about we figure out a way to figure out who are these two out of five people who are suffering from dental sensitivity but they don't report it yeah actually the idea is can i use ai or machine learning to figure out non conventional way in which people might be talking about dental sensitivity and if i can do that I'm going to be able to create my marketing campaigns or create my treatment strategies around that. So we started with analytics based algorithms and we looked at a lot of Amazon reviews. So the idea was we are going to try to find out in a review if a customer is talking about something that has a very alternative way of talking about dental sensitivity. And the results were extremely surprising. For example, we figured out people who have who are undergoing chemotherapy they usually will have a much higher probability of having dental sensitivity that's like a one outlier example of you know something that came out from algorithm the other one was something called a geographic tank people who suffer from geographic tank will have dental sensitivity we consumed about 100 gigabyte of amazon reviews so that's like a phenomenal amount of data yeah 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 based on our algorithm we could figure out these non trivial fringe topics that can be correlated to sensitivity and the big win was our client was able to launch a new product per se and capture this market that's Got a huge we'll dive into this if we can just in terms of learning a little bit more about this example so the cpg world is kind of the world that we think about often when we think about like the mad men era of advertising where you kind of know the feel of the brand and you kind of have an idea of who you're appealing to you come out with kind of the blanket way that you're going to brand it and you get it out there and it's hard to track it's really tough to know and what we're talking about here is taking wide broad market b2c consumer goods but finding some way to narrow down personalities traits common problems geo regions medical conditions to maybe know who to get this product in front of a little bit better 
than a general brainstormed customer description. Am I kind of hearing it correctly? Absolutely. It's like let the data speak who is the correct customer for your product. Yeah. Or the other, am I losing money on the table? I'm leaving money on the table because I haven't been able to capture a market segment that exists, but is not able to tell me directly that I need the product. And so what I'm thinking here, I guess, and I'm thinking from the perspective of our listeners, we actually have a number of interesting NLP case studies on the site about kind of text analytics being used to, you know, unearth commonalities and common problems from customers around certain products. But, you know, to find a new market, to launch a new product, obviously a really exciting opportunity. What do you do when you figure that out? So let's say we figure out that people getting chemotherapy have this. Let's say we figure out that, you know, we don't have to use this example too much, but I'm just imagining, okay, we understand what this person looks like from an Amazon review perspective. I guess then we would use that information to target through social and to make decisions about what media we buy and to make decisions about what stores we launch into based on how many people in different areas are complaining of certain problems or are talking about certain topics or something like that. This is what in my mind would be kind of the next step once we boil down who this person is. Is that how it works? Yes. I mean, all these insights will allow you to create very targeted marketing campaigns so that your conversion rate goes up. That's the nuts and bolts of it. Right? I mean, finally, if I'm able to, you know, really find the micro segment, which has a very high propensity of taking a new product, I'm going to create an advertisement that's going to appeal to that micro segment person to increase my propensity of conversion. So there's a bunch of these very interesting things that are happening in the CPG space. So a lot of CPG measures are now, they're getting aligned with the idea that the social media and the product reviews might be a very good data source for doing market research at scale in yeah. an inexpression, yeah. right? So how good my product is doing? What is sentiment around my product? What is the brand loyalty? Are there any new kids in the blog that's going to, you know, disrupt my current ecosystem all this can be done via you know social listening algorithms which we also work on that's the other area essentially if i look at it the last i would say four to five years of ai and machine learning based transformations in not only cpg but in pretty much every industry have been step one the realization that we are leaving a lot of data on the table, which is unstructured in nature, which yep. would be the text-based data, which would yep. be speech-based data, which would also be the image or video. And fortunately, also at the same time, this is about the time when the algorithm started to come up in the market or in the academy that could handle unstructured data at scale. So we could deliver insights based on that. This was like, you know, Having the realization that we have to work with this data at the same time, being able to have new algorithms that can consume this data and leverage this data. So this has led to a lot of disruption transformation over the last five years. I'd like to talk about that kind of share of product machine vision application too. But just to kind of clarify here, it sounds like the bigger shift in terms of social listening that you're talking about now is essentially that these big B2C domains, the benefit that let's say, a bar of soap has over, let's say, a brand of tractors or a brand of jet engines is that there's not that many online reviews for jet engines. And to be honest, there's not as many jet engines sold as there are bars of soap. And so in these big, I guess, consumer packaged goods areas, 
you have the ability to do social listening at scale. Number one, because the market's huge. You know, we're not talking about some so, tiny niche bang, product. Yeah, go ahead. Hang on. Bang on. Absolutely. The sheer volume of data makes it feasible. Yeah, it makes it feasible. And obviously, the market size makes it feasible too, right? I mean, if you're talking about some obscure sport like water polo balls or something, you know, you may or may not have that much information. But if you're talking about soap or toothpaste, I mean, we're talking about ungodly amounts of sales for products like that every day in every single corner of the darn world. The other space where we see a lot of this action right now is in the pharmaceutical space. And again, it's because it warrants it. Number one, there's a lot of people with problems taking pills, especially in my country. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad. It is what it is. And number two, there's just such huge margins. So it's really these areas where the problem is massive, the volume is massive, the business itself is so massive that this can be done. So I think our audience should understand that, that social listening may or may not fit the bill for everything. Big ticket, narrow market might just not be a fit, but toothpaste, give me a break. I mean, we're going to be able to find out some pretty interesting things. You mentioned kind of share of brand on a store. And we had talked a little bit off microphone about this, how machine vision could be used to determine how much of our product is in a given space. This seemed like a real challenge because in my mind, I'm imagining some guy who works for Crest Toothpaste walking into 20 different supermarkets and then scanning the toothpaste dial and then beaming those pictures back to some headquarters. And it seems like a lot of effort just for that one set of products in that one store Maybe it's something that the store would do for itself. How does this get applied, this whole kind of share of shelf space application with vision that you were talking about? So I think, see, there are two things to it. I mean, this is not a win-win situation for the store versus the CPG player. So, I mean, essentially, the way it happens, this is my understanding of the business. The CPG player will get into an agreement with the retailer, the supermarket owner, that you will have to put X percentage of area should be covered with my product. Yeah. But the objective of the retailer is not to sell CPG players' product, but to maximize the net sales. Yeah, right? to make money. Yeah, of course. Exactly. So, then the issue comes Till what extent are the compliances of shelf share is being met by the retailer? So this is a situation where we need to algorithmically look at it. And the difference is huge. I mean, right now, for example, so we are not the only player who is doing it. But the point is, right now, it has become as simple as that. You upload a picture and within a couple of seconds, you have all these statistics about not only what percentage of shelf is being occupied by your product, but whether your shelf is being compliant. For example, let's say if your products have to be stacked vertically and the retailer has stacked them horizontally, that can be also figured out. You know, like, or if the products are not lying in the correct alignment. So the compliance issues are also. This is phenomenally complex in terms of the algorithm that make it work. I mean, so this runs on deep learning and this is highly computationally intensive. So, To develop such a skew requires a huge amount of investment and research. But now the returns are, the ROI is also phenomenal now. This is essentially solving a big pain point for the CPG industry, per se. So you're bringing up a really interesting dynamic. I always like the business context. None of our listeners are interested in AI for AI's sake. They're really interested in the business context. And the context here is that sometimes a CPG provider and a supermarket 
or a store, you know, they have different goals. And in fact, almost always they do. They're both trying to survive and they're trying to come up with agreements and stick to them, but there's tensions on both sides. And so how do we kind of make sure that things are the way that that we think they are? So let's say that it's shampoo, for example. There's some company that wants to have a certain share of shampoo and they want the product stacked and presented in a certain way. Um, It sounds like we would need some kind of a secret shopper within a given geo region to have a very small camera go, you know, wheel a cart around this store and then beam that up somewhere so that we can say, okay, store number 882, they have an 84% compliance rate currently with their current setup. Here's the six issues that we have. Store number 887, they have a 60% compliance rate. Here's all the issues we have with them. I mean, is this what the display kicks out as? And do we need somebody to go in undercover here? It's not that hush-hush kind of thing. So, but yeah, pretty much, yeah, you have to have some kind of a once-in-a-while manual intervention, if I understand your question correctly. Yeah. I would like to wrap this up with another story. Maybe that's of interest for you, too. Another case study that we worked on, and here's the idea. Like, whenever a CPG company has to launch a new product, let's imagine a toothpaste. Yep. Post you are done with your, you know, creating the product, you have to pass it through a bunch of experiments. And I mean like real world chemistry lab kind of experiments where you have to figure out different aspects of the product. Like what is the durability? How long will the chemicals stay active? Yep, yep. Or how will my packaging behave under different temperature conditions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So essentially there was about... 440 experiments that have to be done for launching a product and each of this experiment runs between 8 to 13 weeks so the problem here is these experiments happen in the R&D unit of the CPG company so like whatever their labs are now the challenge is many times it happens that by the time you finish this experiment you are too late to launch the product so yeah so sometimes, you know, the market dynamics is such that by the time you're ready with all your experiments, somebody else came and, you know, conquered the market and now you're too late. So the hypothesis that we started with is, do I really need to do all these 440 experiments? So the idea is, if I can use machine learning or AI to tell you with 99.9% confidence the outcome of a particular experiment, then you don't have to do that experiment, right? So for yeah, example... okay. Like look at the historical experiments and say that this experiment under these conditions will always either pass or always either fail. I have reduced the need of, you know, doing the experiments at scale. So we started with this premise and what we did was we looked at all the historical experimental results. These are like lab reports. You scan them, you do OCR, optical character recognition. Then try to read that data to figure out what were the input ingredients, what was the experimental protocol, what was the output. Then we used an ensemble technique of using multiple algorithms in order to predict the outcome of each and every one of the experiments. The big win here was we were able to reduce about 12% of experiments net-net. So for 12% of out of those 440 experiments, we simply knew that you don't have to do those experiments anymore. That's like a huge saving in terms of time for the company. Totally. Yeah. Just to put this in a nutshell, I know we're right up on time here for the podcast. It sounds like, tell me if I'm right, an example might be we have some particular kind of wax paper packaging for a tube of toothpaste and we have a certain amount of ink and a certain set of colors on that 
wax and we know how much the contents weighs and we know how big it is and we know what kind of glue we're using and we can say okay based on these factors and the similarities to these 12 previous experiments we have a 98.7 percent certainty that the packaging will respond to heat above let's say 97 degrees for this period of time. And so we can say this based on previous results. Okay, understood. And you can really see how that would save time, obviously, for, you know, a company like Amazon has the benefit of just letting everybody else push their transactions through. But if you're launching products and doing all this very complicated product development and testing, obviously, the faster you can move, the better. Mm -hmm. That might be kind of a future area of consideration for folks in the CPG space. Well, I have to say, Prashant, I don't think we've ever talked about toothpaste so much on this podcast. (laughs) For those tuned in, you have probably never heard me say the word toothpaste once, and now you've heard it 20 times. But we had three really interesting and very different examples. And so that was a cool little kind of deep dive into one random product in consumer packaged goods. Prashant, I really appreciate you sharing your insight. I think this has been a fun episode. Thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you, Dan. Happy to be here. That's all for this episode on the AI and Industry Podcast, where we explore the applications and implications of AI in your business or industry. And when it comes to those benefits of real insight in terms of artificial intelligence applications in business, this show is really just the tip of the iceberg. AI and Industry is produced by Tech Emergence, and over at techemergence.com, you can find actionable industry-specific coverage, including case studies, unique market research with charts and graphs, and regular coverage of the AI applications of both the hottest startups here in the Bay Area, as well as what Fortune 500 companies are doing with AI today. Everything from marketing and advertising, business intelligence, to specific industries like finance and healthcare, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay on the right side of disruption by visiting techemergence.com. And when you're there, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter on the left-hand side of the page. Uh, Most of our podcast listeners get the episodes directly to their inbox every week. You'll be joining tens of thousands of other business leaders who join us from all over the world to stay ahead of the curve of AI in their specific industry. So that's techemergence.com. I'm Dan Figella. This is AI and Industry, and we'll catch you next week.